Thanks for tuning in to Lauren's Leadership, where we talk all things leadership and how to become the best version of ourselves. My name is Lauren Lightfoot, and I am a college student at Texas Christian University. Just like many of you, I am striving to become the best leader I can by learning from the best. Today, I have a very special guest joining me, who, yes, is my dad, but he is the one who taught me all I know. He is an entrepreneur, a CEO, a business owner, a business coach, and also has written a book of his own. This conversation is going to be good, y'all. He is going to talk about some qualities of becoming an effective leader, smart goals, and empowerment leadership. Let's jump into it. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited to hear the wisdom and advice you have for us today. I wanted to start by having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you work, and what all you do. Okay, well, great. Uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. I really do appreciate it. My name is Gary Lightfoot. I'm CEO, President of Lightfoot Mechanical. We're a home service company, and we do air conditioning, heating, and electrical service for homeowners. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur and have been in business and entrepreneurship for over 25 years. I've written a book called Your Guide to Home Safety and Comfort. And I'm also a business coach who works with other home service companies, CEOs across the country. Wow, that's awesome. It seems like you have a lot of experience under your belt in the field of leadership and have had some great coaches along the way. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is what leadership means to you and what qualities make a good leader. So we know leadership plays a vital role in a team and a business, but becoming a leader, it's not easy. So my question to you is, what does leadership mean? What are some good qualities that make an effective leader? That's a good question, Lauren. Um, So this is an easy one for me. Uh, Leadership to me all begins with leading yourself first and being a great example for those that you're leading. So um, as a leader, I'm always gonna be learning Uh, I'm going to focus on my own health and fitness, my energy, my discipline. Uh, I'm going to set targets, smart goals for myself, and I'm going to have a high work ethic and just be a great example for those I lead. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do. With that being said about how important goals are, that brings me right into my next topic, SMART goals. So what exactly are SMART goals that you mentioned? So SMART is an acronym uh, for goal setting that we've used for a long time. It's been around for a long time. So the S is specific. So when you say goals, you want to be specific about those goals. For example, if you wanted to lose weight, you wouldn't say, I want to lose weight. That's not specific enough. You just want to say, I want to lose 20 pounds. So that's your specific. Measurable means you have to have your KPI, your key performance indicator, to know exactly where you stand and where you how you measure up against that goal. So um, in that KPI, same, what's KPI that you mentioned? It's a key performance indicator. Key performance indicator. Yeah, so that's a way of measuring the goal. And the A is attainable uh, or realistic. So I always encourage my team to set realistic goals. We won't reach goals, but we also want um, to know that we can reach them and, and attain them for sure. Uh, the R is relevant. Uh, make sure it's relevant to your uh, vision, your plan, um, you know, your goals, what you want to do, it's got to be relevant. 
And then time-based, you want to, um, you know, give yourself a time that you have to achieve it in. So it could be, you know, 90 days is what we typically use um, to reset our goals every 90 days. So that's what we would do, and it's time-based for the T. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think that's awesome and a great way to put how we should use goals. Now, I want to dive a little bit into more detail and how do you integrate them into your business or your life specifically? Well, that's a good question, Lauren. So one of the things we do is we create a 90-day roadmap in my business and I create it for myself and I require everybody on my team, my leadership team to complete a 90-day roadmap. And within that 90-day roadmap, you're going to have nine specific goals, nine specific, we call them boulders, that we're going to work to achieve. And those can be personal or business, but I always challenge my people, uh, my, my leadership team, to have personal goals, too, that we can be held accountable for. So those nine boulders are going to have action items, specific action items. They're also going to have leverage and rewards. So if you do not achieve the goal, there would be a leverage that I would ask you to do something like um, shave your head. Oh, or no. <laughs> take everybody out to dinner or different things like that as leverage. And reward After your 90 the, days, if you don't yeah, like, achieve you, them. That's accountability. <laughs> that's right. So, But there's also a reward. So some, some people don't reward themselves enough for reaching their goals. So we might take them out to dinner or give them a day off or something like that and reward that's them. That's more for, like it. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last thing, part of that is accountability. So, for sure. you know, that's a big part of, um, you know, we meet on a regular basis and hold each other accountable for our 90-day roadmaps and our SMART goals and our leverage and our reward. And just to give you an example of um, one of my bowlers over the years, so uh, last year I had a goal of reading 25 books in one year. And so that was a specific goal, a measurable goal. I knew it was going to uh, align, be relevant to help me learn and be a better leader. And it was realistic, and I did it. So I put it within a year's time base, and I put a plan together. That's awesome. In place, so. Um, so what was your reward? The knowledge you got from That's it. right. That was the knowledge I got from reading the books. Yeah. Absolutely. this conversation with my dad. I hope y'all are too. He is so passionate about this stuff and loves to share his knowledge. As a college student, we hear these different things talked about all the time and what we should do to become effective leaders, but we hardly hear real life stories and how these things are applied or even how they work. As someone who wants to grow into the leader that my dad is, this conversation is so beneficial and encouraging. With that being said, I just wanted to take a minute to thank our sponsor before we get back into the conversation. The sponsor of our show today is the one and only Professor Shuen. Professor Shuen, thanks so much for all that you have done. I have loved getting to learn from you this semester. My leadership skills have truly developed, while also I have become more confident in myself. Thank you. Without further ado, let's get back to the conversation with my dad.
also, I've heard so many people talk about empowerment leadership and the benefits that it has. I define empowerment leadership as means to include the team in decision making, to give them a role which capitalizes on their own expertise and judgment that increases a sense of both individual worth and commitment to the organization. So like, what are your thoughts on this kind of leadership? Well, Lauren, I think it's great. It's exactly what we do. And it's part of our culture um, in our business. And I think, you know, the, ultimately what defines a leader is, you know, what the leader's job is, is to grow more leaders and then get out of their way and let them perform. So I absolutely um, am a believer in empowerment leadership. So you say you use this leadership in your own business. How do you use it to get your employees engaged and passionate for work? Okay, so one of the things we do is we use scorecards. And so everybody that works in our company has a scorecard. And that scorecard is going to say things like uh, who they report to, um, it's going to list their main job description, and then it's going to have their KPIs. And these are key performance indicators like we mentioned earlier. And in my industry, it could be anywhere from an average sale, a closing ratio, a customer service score, things like that. And we grade right. those by, um, a, they're either red, yellow, green, or super green. So if you're in red, that's bad, and you need coaching. And yellow is, is caution. Um about to go into red and then green is your is good and that's where we want you but if you're in super green you're overachieving and so we look for that also to reward um, so another thing that's on the uh, report card is our core values and the detailed job description so our core values um, and we grade and we have kpis on these core values so our core values are a great place to work we have safety first wow customer service and then integrity in everything that we do. And, and we ingrain those core values in what we do in the scorecards. Now we're gonna um, review those scorecards with every employee every quarter. Um, but my level 10 leadership team meets weekly and we go over these KPIs for all team members. And if somebody's in the yellow or red, we're gonna have an action plan to help them to get back into the green. Cause that's, that's where they're helping the company and that's where they're striving. So we're gonna be constantly um, monitoring their levels and, and doing everything we can to coach them and train them and get them back up. I think that's a great way to get your employees involved and to stay on track and to hold them accountable. So you say, like, what happens if they're in the red? Like, what exactly happens in that area? Well, hopefully they would never get into the red because if they get into <laughs> yellow, I'm going to coach them back into the green. But if they if they were to get into red, we're going to have a more um, – a specific course of action like I might have I might pull them out of the field where they're not able to do their work anymore and they would sit and have a training session until we really coach and role play and we will do whatever it takes whatever KPI it is there um, you know falling red in we're gonna we're gonna do some serious training we'll do some ride-alongs we'll do whatever it takes to get them from red to yellow um, and then there's also some non-negotiables that that you know, we don't even train and coach on. So lying, cheating, stealing, things like that are, yeah. are just non-negotiables. And we don't have a KPI for that. It's just a non-negotiable. So it's not a culture fit. Okay, so I understand what you got going here, the scorecard with the red, yellow, and green. But give me a specific example here of how this plays out into your business. 
Okay, Lauren, so we got, say, for example, we have people that take service calls, we call them CSRs, and they are required to book so many calls a day out of a bookable call. So they're required to book 80%. So 80% and above, or 80 to 90% would be a green KPI. And if they go over 90%, that's super green. Um, but if they fall in the 70 to 80% range, that's gonna be yellow. And if they fall below uh, 70%, then that's red. And so we would have a specific course of action to help them get out of red. Like I would have you, if you were one of the leadership um, working with somebody in that department, I would have you go listen to their calls and sit with them and coach them. And get right down to the problem. And see exactly where they're missing because, you know, it'll always lead you to um, exactly maybe something they're missing or not doing. They need some training. So if they constantly stay in the green, is there a reward? Uh, yeah, they get to keep their job. <laughs> <laughs> so Gary, tell us how, how do you keep the culture of your business so alive with the employees just so happy to be there and willing to stay in that green card? Well, uh, the first thing we do is that's one of our core values, Lauren, is a great place to work. So we're going to have fun at work. We're going to meet a lot. We're going to do different things. We're going to have contests. You know, we're giving away a, a Green Mountain pellet smoker to the most, uh, the, the technician that sets the most yard signs. And we've wow. got signage all over our building. We track everything. We set goals, every department, and we're always measuring and, and making it fun. Making it rewardable. There you <laughs> that's go. That's awesome. You know, I completely agree with you. Culture plays a vital role in the success of a company. Having a strong culture with leaders that truly care and connect with their employees is really important. This actually makes me think of my last internship and why it ended the way it did. The company I just finished interning for tried to have a very strong culture. For example, on my first day, my desk was decorated and everyone had signed a welcome card for me. It made me feel welcomed and truly supported there. However, as my internship continued, I found there was many aspects that supported this strong culture and a great place to work, but nobody seemed happy there, and they often mentioned that to me. I came to the conclusion that employees were not happy there because they don't have a sense of security in their jobs. The company has many moving parts, and it's constantly changing. Just during the six weeks that I was there, Two people were fired, one quit, and there were four new employees hired. With employees leaving and new ones starting, often employees within were asked to take on new roles, move departments, and train the new employees. There was also a lot of rearranging, moving of desks, and offices. Just in the time I was there, I had three different desks, all in different locations. I found that the company was centered around the CEO and the president. I was told that as employees, we were to ask ourselves each day, what can I do to make life easier for them? This put a lot of pressure on employees. As a CEO expected things to be perfect, nothing seemed to be good enough for them. The CEO and president traveled a lot and they were hardly in the office. When they were not in the office, they were unreachable. In the few days that they were in the office, it was a madhouse. Employees would fight over time with them. 
jobs and tasks were not clear to employees, in turn giving employees no predictability or routine. With that being said, empowerment leadership would be great for this company. This would give employees a voice and allow them to have make an impact on decisions and actions that are affected by their job. I truly believe this would foster an environment in which employees get to get to choose to be motivated and contribute to their job. Well, just to wrap things up, I have one more question for you. In light of speaking to college students, what advice would you give to us that are striving to become effective leaders? What advice would I give a college student? Um, I would say to never stop learning. You know, even after you get out of college, you need to make it a habit of learning and continuing to learn for the rest of your life. And especially today, I mean, when I was a kid, you had to go to an encyclopedia to look things <laughs> up. And now you've got podcasts and video and YouTube and audio books and there's and access to so, so many, many speakers and different things that are professional that are willing to share their knowledge. So soak it up. Live life like that. Make it a habit of always learning. And the second thing I would say is always push yourself to get outside your comfort zone because that's where growth is. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Dad, and sharing just a bit of your story and advice on leadership. Thank you so much for turning in, tuning in to Lauren's Leadership. I hope you loved this conversation as much as I did. Today, we talked with my dad, Gary Lightfoot. We first discussed that leadership all begins with leading yourself first. We then explained SMART goals and the vital role they play into success as a leader. Specifically, we looked at how my dad uses a 90-day plan to integrate SMART goals into his business. He explained how each one of his employees has this 90-day plan with goals in all areas of their life. Lastly, we discussed empowerment leadership and how it involves your employees more, gives them a voice, encouragement, and the support they need. Overall, making them feel happier and more confident in their jobs. A huge thank you to Gary, and I hope you tune in next week to Lauren's Leadership.